The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro Babbitt of WebmasterRadio.fm. And today is a phenomenally glorious day in sunny South Florida. Uh, I'm going to miss by my co-host, Meg Walker Robinson. However, uh, we've got I've got a fabulous not only co-host but special guest today. His nom- his name is John Ruan. He is a journalist, author, playwright, public relations specialist. Um, let's see what John has done as a journalist. He's been a contributor to um, the Chicago Tribune, sports and feature writer as well for the Chicago Sun Times. Um, he's He's a published author. Uh, one of his uh, best noted works is The Wizards of Spin, a playwright for Second City Theater in Chicago. People, that's Saturday Night Live, for those of you who do not know. He's written uh, five critically acclaimed satirical plays, all produced in Chicago. And at Ruin Communications, which was founded in 92, they're an effective award-winning marketing communications firms and uh, probably one of their greatest highlights. And I think uh, this is pretty great for a PR agency was uh, generating national attention for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, better unfortunately known as COPD. And in 2003, they implemented the COPD at Yankee Stadium with Roger Clemens and his mother, Bess, who unfortunately suffered from COPD. And uh, because of that, in uh, 2008, the final season of Yankee Stadium, USA Today ran a front page sports story detailing the most memorable events in the history of Yankee Stadium and COP Day at Yankee Stadium was included uh, because of John Ruan. So without further ado, welcome, John. Oh, thank you very much, Brandy. I appreciate you having me on. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, this is this is an interesting uh, uh, station to be on. I've been on a number of um, uh, radio interviews across the country, but you certainly have a, uh, a different approach and uh, lots of new information that we can talk about here. Yeah, I'm excited. So, of course, one of the things that intrigues me the most is um, your involvement with Second City. <laughs> okay, do you want to know who I was with back then? Yeah, of course I want to know who you were with back then. <laughs> okay, Bonnie Hunt, uh, Andy, Andy Dick, who nobody thought was going to be what he became. Uh, Jeff Garland was back there. Joel Murray, who you, you may not know. No. But, um, he, that's it's Bill Murray's brother. He's, he's on uh, Mad Men. Um, wait, 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 wait. Him. Okay, back up. Joel Murray is Bill Murray's brother, and he's on Mad Men? What character does he play on Mad Men? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't, I don't watch the show. <laughs> it was great. I don't think I watched Saturday Night Live that year, <laughs> but I definitely watch Mad Men. <laughs> That's great. Okay. 
but just uh, you know, Steve Carell and uh, Steve Colbert were just behind me back then, and uh, just you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because you know you're in you're in the workshops uh, back then. And, you know, you don't really know if, if anybody is going to make it, and uh, you know, lo and behold, look what happens. One of my uh, friends, longtime friends, now was a guy named Robert Smigel, who was pulled out of Chicago by Al Franken, became a writer on Saturday Night Live, and you know, he's famous for. I think he's most famous for probably doing. Those cartoons on Saturday Night Live, but also um, the the dog. Uh, now I'm forgetting the name of the dog that that he does. That's very popular with the college kids. But um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of folks that uh, came out of there ended up doing pretty well. Which is amazing, and and like you actually. Oh, I just got the answer. Thank you very much. I'm, I apologize, people. So Joe Murray plays yes. copywriter Freddie Rumson on Mad Men. That's it. Who there you go. He got canned because he was an alcoholic. Well, there um, you go. Not not Joe Murray, the character he plays, Freddie Robinson. <laughs> That's awesome. So let me ask you, I mean, you're actually, you get to play the role of God to an extent, working as a writer for Second City. Well, you know, it was, I was, I trained at Second City and did, you know, uh, the, the shows that they do there, but then we ended up, I wrote those five um, shows and we did that outside of Second City at that point. So, um, when you're, when, in terms of the Second City, I don't know how many, how much people know about it, um, across the country and everything, but since Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live hit back in the mid 70s, it really became a place that, um, drew people from all over the country who really were trying to become stars. My whole, um, impetus for getting involved in it was I was a writer at Chicago Sun Times. I did an interview with an actress there who, you know, uh, in a discussion with her, I told her how I'd written satirical columns in college, and she talked me into going there, which I never saw myself doing, but it helped me develop as a writer, no question about it. So um, you have a lot of talented people that come through there, and, uh, you know, many have gone on to have uh, fairly decent careers, but a lot of them are struggling out in Los Angeles right now, no question. Right. Well, what what an incredible, I mean, just, I, I, I think the written word, you know, it's just, it's so powerful and that gives life to, I mean, look, my first reaction was, oh, Freddie Robinson, he was a drunk, you know, and <laughs> had to back up and say, you know, Joe Murray isn't because, you know, the consumer, the viewer believes whether it's, you know, a book like you've written books or right. whether, you know, or, or whether it's something that you're watching on TV, people deeply believe that the characters that are written are like, truly personify who those people are. Well, I always felt that um, through satire, you can really expose the truth um, better than writing straight um, nonfiction. Now, I know my first book was a, was a biography on uh, Earl Campbell, which, you know, was, was a straight nonfiction uh, detail of his life from, you know, when he was born all the way till I think it was like 1999. Um, and and you know I covered it and people definitely understood it and they understood his battle with panic disorder et cetera but um, you know like if you talk about the Wizard of Spin I basically um, used um, the style I was trained in at Second City and brought it to a book where you know people can just they can order it on an ebook or they can they can order a copy on Amazon.com and they can sit there and and read it and enjoy it and it, you know it's going to make them think there's a lot of uh, Stories in there that um, I think will, uh, will will create some discussion about some of these uh, talk show hosts and how they go about their business. I did a lot of research on each one of these as I went through it, and um, I'm hope for hoping that I've educated people a little bit more about, say, Bill O'Reilly and Keith Olbermann and Chris Matthews and 
you know, uh, Stephen Colbert and John Stewart and all of them, all the way down the line. Okay, so without putting words in your mouth, so to speak, you, you know, we were having a little conversation, a little pre-show conversation um, about people delivering news. So right. can we start talking about, um, potentially, about, you know, how you think news is delivered today? And the style that people has that maybe creates a skewed news perspective? Well, when, when I started at the Sun-Times, it was 1980, and I, I, I felt, you know, I mean, who knew what was coming at that point, right? But I, I call it the, uh, the just the facts uh, Walter Cronkite world. You know, that's pretty much, um, you know, it was all very legitimate um, journalism for the most part. And, um, you know, that's how, I, that's how I was trained. That's how I was developed. But then... I, I, I mentioned that when I think it changed was um, when cable came in, that was a big part of it. But then in nineteen in the early 1990s, when Rush Limbaugh started doing his radio show, I, I see that as a major, uh, a major changing point in the news media because all of a sudden you had this guy really just who had trem- a tremendous amount of power, uh, wouldn't take calls just at that point, and just was, was giving out his, his view, and he impacted – how politicians uh, went about their business at that point. So then, th- that was a, a major uh, point. And then, in uh, early 2000, Bill O'Reilly came in. I believe he took uh, part of what Rush Limbaugh did. He combined it with what straight news is, and that became the O'Reilly factor, which you know has gone on to become uh, you know the most watched cable news show in the history of this country. Bill O'Reilly has a tremendous amount of power. He's the guy that President Obama calls. They have the big interview before the Super Bowl. So then the networks are looking at, or the cable networks are looking at a guy like Bill O'Reilly, and they're saying, well, geez, we have to, uh, we have to copy that format because look how popular it is. Look at, the view- look at the viewers he pulls. So that's how you end up getting guys like, you know, Sean Hannity and, and Glenn Beck on, uh, on Fox, and then, you know, certainly Chris Matthews and Oberman and all the other ones on, you know, MSNBC, not Oberman anymore, but at that point. So they're trying to take the O'Reilly model and copy it. Now, What's the net result of all that? Well, all of a sudden you've got people um, just giving you an agenda and not the news anymore. And it's, it's, it doesn't have commentary under it. People should understand it is commentary. But how, how do you look at that and get the news? So I, I always, I've been recommending that, you know, if people really want to know what the news is, start with a good newspaper. And then, you know, add from there. Add maybe if you, if you have uh, respect for one of the uh, news talk shows, add them. If you have somebody on radio who you respect, add them. If, if there's an Internet blog or an Internet site that you respect, look at that. But take in the whole perspective of the news, but try to understand what agendas might be and what serious news might be. Okay, so I want to ask you, a question from the chat room was, um, where do you lean politically? Oh, I'm right down the middle. I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm an independent. I'm an independent okay. traditionalist. Is that pretty You're much? You're an independent what? Uh, traditionalist. Traditionalist. Okay. Yes. And what's your um, what's your Merriam-Webster's definition of a independent traditionalist? Well, it's somebody who's not um, swayed by what the uh, party platform is set out. You know, like the right's going to have their platform, the left's going to have their platform, and the people who uh, who 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 are Republicans or Democrats, you know, they're gonna they're gonna jump on board and they're gonna support it because they're Democrats or they're Republicans and Independent. 
basically, and there's, it's a growing number of uh, people in this country, are trying to look at the people being voted for and make a decision based on that, which, you know, some people may say is naive, but as I said, it's a growing population in this country are independent. Traditionalist means I'm just, I'm somebody who uh, believes in uh, the traditional lifestyle of, uh, as I was raised, you know, as opposed to, I guess, more of a progressive lifestyle. Okay. Okay. So let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, you know, we're discussing all of the various personalities that are now serving us up our news. I'd love to be able to peel the onion and chat about how, we, how we're able to discern opinion. And uh, let's say there's a word that I'm looking for that I can't quite find at the moment. But let's say, you know, opinion versus fact and and really understanding someone's agenda for their listening you know being utilizing their audience to um to appease their own agenda versus delivering the news raw and as it is so let's take a quick break and we get back we're going to get raw with the news sit tight and don't move cover story we'll be back after this short break Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Hi, I'm Ross Dunn. And I'm John Carcass. We're the hosts of SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Your introductory course on search engine optimization. Tune in and get some free advice and network. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and we'll be taking your questions. Get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. Catch us Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro Babbitt of webmasterradio.fm, and I am joined by our featured guest today and my co host, John Ruan, who is journalist, author, playwright, public relations specialist. Welcome back, John. Oh, thank you, Brandy. So before the break, we were talking about. Uh, all the various news shows that are, uh, you know, that are on TV and blogs, et cetera, and people are pushing sort of their own personal agenda. And you were saying, you know, go back to newspapers 
first be able to take a look at what the new, you know, the newspapers, traditional newspapers are reporting, and then maybe use that as a gauge when you're looking at some of your favorite um, show hosts. Did I understand that correctly? Yes, absolutely. And and I would I would just add to that. You know, obviously I came out of the um, newspaper business, but you know, then when I stepped into public relations, you even get a better perspective on the news media because you see how the television stations are running, how the radio stations are running. Uh, most most often, it seems the, uh, the television news stations follow the lead of um, what is in the newspaper or on the wire service. Um, they have um, uh, they have a, not not a very large staff in most cases, and are those are even dwindling at this point, especially when you get into the middle and smaller markets. So um, you, you have to take that into account um, when when you're looking at the news. Where is it coming from? Okay, and and you feel that the newspapers themselves aren't pushing their own agenda wrapped in um, a traditional wrapper. Well, I I would tell you that if you're looking at you know the New York Times takes such a beating, and you know I just that that has become a cliche in this country. And I can tell you, any journalist worth their salt would would love to work for the New York Times because it's the it's the top of the pile. It's you know it's the king and. What they're really referring to, talking about, you know, the New York Times is is slanted, it's liberal. They're talking about the columnists. They're talking about the commentary. And um, you know, one one uh, um, person I talked to recently about this said, "Well, what about when they're determining stories, how they're go- what they're going to cover, what they're going to put on the front page?" Yeah, editors have to make that decision all the time. I mean, I used to sit in the conference meetings when they were determining what was going to go on, you know, page one, page two, etc. But I would tell you that of of all the news sources out there, I would start with a good newspaper. And then, you know, when you are reading columns or you are reading commentary, understand there's there's an agenda behind that uh, columnist. Uh, writing it. He has something he's trying to say and just take that into account as you read it. Interesting. So let me ask you a question. You, um, have you watched this Piers Morgan show at all? Yeah, he's interesting. Don't you think? I mean, coming off of Larry King, you know, they make this, this huge leap to Piers Morgan and, and what's, the first, what's, the first, what's the first perception you have of him when you watch him for just two minutes? That um, he was sensationalized by Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think that he he uh, he has a respectability and and a legitimacy that kind of comes across in how he presents himself? Do you agree with that or? Yeah. I, okay. So I'll be very honest. I don't per se have a true opinion of him yet because I don't think he's got a strong enough track record. I know he okay. has um, a very strong journalistic background. One right. that we as Americans weren't as exposed to prior to him being on um, Celebrity Apprentice. Right, right. So, and and I would say, but you know, hasn't it become a, a, almost a? I, I hate the word use the word cliche again, but it's like, okay, if we want somebody legitimate, let's get somebody get with English an English voice. accent. <laughs> you know, American Idol and all these different shows. You have to have an English accent if you want to be taken seriously. <laughs> Isn't that a crazy? I mean, right, right. So I agree with. Yes, someone that has an English accent, if you're going to stereotype it, does give an air of authority. Um, I, I actually haven't watched that many um, you know, shows of his. I did, however, watch the one that he did with Donald Trump. Okay. And what came to mind with me was this. Here's a man that was really placed on the global map um, by Donald Trump, and he won 
best celebrity apprentice, which I didn't actually watch that show. <laughs> but, you know, like that's a really great accomplishment, bully for him. I do think he makes, I think he's an intelligent man. I think he makes a very nice presentation. Yes, I'm very much in love with my husband. However, you know, if I turn the TV off and just listen to his mellifluous voice, sure, it sounds really nice. Um, but it, it, I felt played, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because here, here he is interviewing Donald Trump and talking about know, the potential of Donald Trump being president. And, right. you know, he challenged Donald Trump on a couple of things. And I felt like, wow, here's a script. Let me show that I'm non-biased yeah. to Donald Trump and throw Donald a couple of, you know, curveballs and, you know, and, and, you know, a couple of softball kind of questions that the, the generic American audience, and I don't mean to ever put anyone down, would go, wow, look at him. He just, you know. He just sort of took a jab at Donald Trump. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, Donald's looking to continue to Ford Pierce because Oprah's stepping down. And by the time it comes to announce the presidency, Pierce goes up a lot more from an um, authoritative standpoint. And wow, look who's in his corner. Donald yeah, I think Trump. That's a, I think that's a good point, you know. Um, and, and we won't really know for sure um, until this plays out over the, the next uh, year here. But, yeah, I mean, he he helped uh, make make a name for this fella here in the United States, no question about it. Is he just scratching Donald Trump's back is what I think you're really trying to say here, uh, but still trying to look like he's got some credibility in terms of, you know, throwing out um, somewhat of challenging questions during the interview. Exactly. And how much, you know, when people are listening to whether it's, you know, and I know you have an issue with this, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts with the Anderson Coopers and whomever, how many of them are truly delivering news and how many of them are working for either the agenda of their network, because their network is obviously generated by ad dollars or in alignment with a specific, um, you know, public figure. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that the, the, the statement you made a few minutes ago about the general American public, you know, I don't think a lot of people can see what's going on on some of these news talk shows, and maybe it's because of our background, you know, having having worked with the media or in the media, that we can see it a, a little more clearer than, than many others. But, um, you know, if you look at a guy like Sean Hannity, gosh darn it, give him the pom-poms, it's rah-rah, this boom ba let's go conservatives, let's go, right? I mean, if that's not obvious, nothing is. And then, you know, if you, if you went over to MSNBC and, uh, say, a Rachel Maddow or even Keith Oberman over there, it's the same thing on the left, no question about it. But So then you talk about CNN and Anderson Cooper. Why is Anderson Cooper in that position? I mean, is it because his mother is Gloria Vanderbilt? What about John Roberts? Isn't John Roberts a better... A better newsman than uh, than uh, Anderson Cooper, right? Except he wouldn't look as good in Gloria Vanderbilt's dress. Well, that's that's it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and you know, and, and Anderson many, Cooper on many levels. That was so inappropriate of me. Um, <laughs> Anderson Cooper is, uh, you know, he he's been on the air long enough where you know he's he's gaining a following, and I think people probably like him. But you know, I I can't I can't watch him. I I mean, I, I don't view him as a a credible um, news news person in terms of you know his knowledge and background. If like if you look at a guy like Brian Williams, right? Brian Williams is uh -huh. a very smart, a very smart man. He's a very good newsman. You know he's got integrity up the wazoo, and you know that's that's apparent. But and he earned his stripes. You know he started, 
you know, from small and worked his way up and, you know, spent years giving the news on uh, MSNBC. So you, I look at a guy like that and I say, there's a legitimate newsman, whereas Anderson Cooper, it's, it's exactly what you just said. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, happen, I, I happen to like Anderson. I do. Um, I, I like his delivery. And a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, people pay attention. He has an IFB in his ear. It's not always his words that are coming out of his mouth. Yeah. It's somebody else's words. Yeah. And, and people need to also understand that, too, that there are some journalists that are true, hardcore journalists. And what they're, you know, the information they're giving is information that they've gone, they've personally researched and have written themselves. And other times, it's they're, they're just really, you know, nicely presented mouthpiece. Katie Couric. Katie Couric for years on the Today Show. I mean, if you just watched her, you just see see her her eyes going to one side where that earpiece was at as she was listening to her producer tell her what to ask, uh, you know, next question to ask, that type of thing. And now look at her; she's you know she's on CBS. She's she's got the network anchor job. And uh, um, why is she on there? Because people liked her. Isn't that the bottom line on it? Well, and that's the whole thing. I think in life. You know, and especially, you know, for the PR audience that's listening today, if someone likes you, they're more likely to do business with you. And yeah. Katie Couric looks like the girl next door. You know, she's got a pep in her step and, you know, she definitely, you know, she's 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 not offensive. Yeah, no question. And what you just said is 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 really gold for your audience here because that that is the bottom line. If um if people like you and they like working with you, you have a better chance of a getting the business and b keeping the business until mm-hmm. something un, un that you're not expecting comes down the line, like a uh, a management change or an ownership buyout, something like that. But yeah, no question about it. That is that's the bottom line on life, right there. Right. Amen. And and just a sheer fact that traditionally since what, ni- you know, the early 1980s, we've they've always placed a woman in some sort of a pull position either for a morning show or for the evening news. So it's 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 tradition to put someone there whether or not there happens to be someone that's properly groomed for that position. Do you right. agree? Yeah. Yeah, I I do and but as it as it comes down now, you know the the competition for those um, ratings is is now tougher than it has ever been um, in the history of television. So you know she's she's not getting the ratings right now, and then you have to ask, well, how long will they stick with her, or will they keep continue to try to uh, promote her? You know, they'll promote her through you know sixty minutes and these other shows and try to get her face in front of different audiences to try to pull them into the uh, nightly news show with her. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Which is interesting. And then, of course, um, going back to uh, to, to uh, Mr. Vanderbilt, <laughs> they were going to break a big, huge story that this man's a homosexual. And they broke the story that he's a homosexual. I personally could care less what his sexual orientation is. He's delivering news. <laughs> but it just seems like there's some people, and this is I just an interesting little thing to take into effect. Here you have someone that, that is, you know, they're outed, let's say, so to speak. And this becomes, it, it can ruin their career, or it can better their career, but everywhere that you look for years is information about this person's sexuality. And yeah. this went live for like five seconds and then disappeared. Yeah. Why? Why did they, why was it stepped on? And why do we really care? But why was it stepped on? 
Well, it's it's sens- it's sensational news um, about a major celebrity is why they do it. Um, but I would tell you, you know, if you if you look at him and then you look at Rachel Maddow, it, is it an issue for Anderson Cooper? I agree with you. I don't think it is. I don't I don't see an ad- an agenda coming across that you know supports that. But Rachel Maddow, absolutely, one hundred percent, she's definitely playing to that agenda. You know, which which is interesting. It's interesting to see even the art of distraction in today's news. Give me, if you would, give me like your most um, how do I say someone that's playing to their own agenda while creating an art of distraction, so that you're actually not looking at what the story is, but right. the angle of which they prefer for you to look at that story. Yeah, I would say. Um I would say the experts on this, and you know, they're all media trained, right? Are mm-hmm. when you watch um, the Sunday morning shows, um, you know, whether it's with uh, David Gregory or or on uh, ABC now, when the politicians come on, right, and they're asked a question, they're, they never really answer the question, but they step around it, and all of a sudden, their agenda comes out in in somewhat of a subtle fashion. I would have to say. To the mm-hmm. point where you, where, where if you're if you're an educated uh, media trainer, you understand what's going on, and you can see how well they do it. Right. Which, which is really, I mean, I would I would take those Sunday morning shows, and I would I would put that in front of every college kid in the country, trying to understand how to communicate key messages to a target audience, even in the most uh, controversial of. Um, of new shows where you know they're they're trying to the, the reporter's job is they're trying to get you they're trying to uh, give you the gotcha question and then the politician's job is trying to get around the gotcha question to get their uh, key message out there and I think those are those are the best examples of it. Which excellent. I mean that was brilliantly put, and I think everyone should be looking at their new shows through those sort of lenses and then also understanding too that a lot of times when you watch shows where they have guests whether it be you know Larry King uh, or was Larry King I guess or yeah. an Anderson Cooper or a Piers Morgan or whomever the surprise is people I hate to burst your bubble there may be a Santa Claus but there's usually not that many surprises that happen on TV most of the questions that people are answering have been Recrafted so that there people aren't caught off guard, so there are no awkward pauses. Um, you know, as Craig Ferguson likes to refer to them on his, I, I think that man's really great. But um, so there are no awkward pauses. Like there's very little that isn't scripted in today's well, journalism. You, there was, and and I, I agree with you. And I tell you, there was an interesting uh, interview. I don't know if you call it an interview uh, with Bill O'Reilly a couple of weeks ago. Um, when he had Alan Combs on. Now, Alan Combs is, is no longer the stooge um, on Hannity and Combs anymore, which is basically the party play. You know, he's a smart guy, and he certainly represents uh, more of a, a liberal, liberal perspective in this country. <laughs> when he went on with Bill O'Reilly, who had uh, one of those blonde ladies, I can't remember, they're all blonde on his show, um, uh-huh. they basically were setting him up to um, talk uh, along a, a line that you're describing right now, but Alan Combs absolutely didn't agree with it, and he challenged it. And oh my God, did Bill O'Reilly get mad? I mean, he actually got mad on the air with him at that point. And you know, uh, Combs uh, kept his cool and uh, and supported what he was saying about it. But very that that's very infrequent that that kind of a uh, scenario happens in in TV talk news. Which is so, which is very sad. 
because, you know, we, we, people have a tendency to be sheep. I think a lot of people aren't, but I think, you know, we can't help it, but sort of be, you know, you look at these people as representing us to give us proper information. And we don't realize that a lot of the information is the correct information, but a lot of it is extremely, um, you know, calculated as well as um, placed in a box. Oh, no question about it. And it look, look at, I'll give you two examples, okay? Look at Bill Maher's show, right? And then step over to, say, even uh, the O'Reilly Factor or uh, Sean Hannity, right? Bill Maher, his whole audience is, is liberal people, no question about it. And, and they always have that panel, right? And then they'll always put some, they'll bring some conservative in who's going to be thrown to the lions. And, oh, my God, why anybody would go on there that's conservative is is beyond me, but that's what happens. They get thrown to the lions every time. You know, the audience is against them, the panelists are against them, Bill Maher's against them, and it happens time in and time out. And then you step over to, say, like uh, uh, Sean Hannity's show, and, you know, he'll throw up, uh, he'll throw up two, two conservatives and, and maybe some, some liberal, and then he'll do his corner questions where he basically gives them the, the yes or no. I don't know if you've ever watched that. He gives them the yes or no uh-huh. where there's no winning for the guy trying to answer right. the question. There's no winning. And, and the, the best example right. of that was when Sam Donaldson was on a few years ago, and he challenged him on it. And, and Sean Hannity kept saying, no, yes or no, you have to answer yes or no. He said, no, I want to give you an answer. Right. Cause right. Now it's going to be on headlines that I said this when okay. I actually meant, you know, things aren't so cut and dry. Exactly. But you know what is cut and dry, unfortunately, John? What's that? The fact that we have actually blown through this entire show so quickly. Wow. Wow. Well, I hope people will take a look at the Wizards of Spin. It's um, it's 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 uh, gotten a great reaction and great reviews. And there actually is a story in there about uh, public relations, which has gotten the uh, remark that it's the laugh out loud chapter in the book because you know it's I've written about a press conference and unfortunately it's really really close to the truth. So anybody in PR or marketing should get a major kick out of it. Uh, well, you know what, everybody, go and read his book. I really enjoyed having you as a guest, John. I hope we Thank can you. have you back again. Uh, we even get to talk about Muhammad Ali, one of my favorite people <laughs> in this world. And, of course, uh, you know, you also published a book with Simon & Schuster, I think, the last year that Michael Corda uh, served as uh, editor-in-chief. And uh, we just have the greatest respect for him. So until next time john thank you for being our co-host and our featured guest today we truly enjoyed it and to everybody else we'll be back next wednesday right here on cover story <laughs>